I'm Julie. I'm Julie Stevens, for those of you who I don't have the blessing of knowing yet. I am super excited to be here. Jesus is super excited to be here. So we are starting a mini-series uh, mini this service. It is called The Red Letters. I know there's some more words underneath that, but I'm going to stick with that for right now. It's called The Red Letters, and um, wow, I really feel the presence of God up here. The goal of this series is to look at some of the sayings of Jesus and to see how they might speak to issues that are going on in our current society today. Uh-huh. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here. I don't exactly know why I feel your presence in this way, but we invite you to have your way because we love you. You're a good God. Amen. All right. So I think I can talk now. That was a weird little moment. So the red letters, again, our series, we're going after the things that Jesus said and taking those things and seeing how we could apply them or how Holy Spirit might want to apply them to things that are going on in our current day, right? Now, I do know that (laughs) for those of you who only have Bible apps and not like um, printed Bibles, I run the risk right now of losing you all together because nothing is written in red on a Bible app. Fifteen years ago, I would have never thought that this is what it would come to. There is a whole generation out there that might not even know what a series like this, like what the, the, the title could actually mean. And I don't want to lose the risk or, or miss and lose you at the risk of that. So let me just say this. Jesus actually didn't speak in red. You guys with me? When he released what he was releasing, it didn't come out in red. It came out in power. Jesus is the eternal word. The Gospels tell us he is the word of God. And as the eternal word of God, he has been speaking and he will continue to be speaking all the time. And it's never chatter. It's always substance. What do I mean by that? I mean that Jesus doesn't speak haphazardly. He's purposeful in what he, he, he gives, sends our way. He's got a plan and a purpose. And out of his great grace, we now have ears to hear what he wants to release, what he is releasing to us. I want you to know that when Jesus walked the planet and he spoke and it didn't come out in red, it came out in power. Those he knew that what he was releasing, wherever he went, what he was releasing, it, it, it carried capacity to restore everything and anything back to the originally intended state. 
state. Today I'm going to talk to you for a little bit about the originally intended state of you and me. Because in the beginning, the original intended state of humanity was empowerment. Come on, you know the story. In the beginning, God made us. He put us in a garden. And he gave us a mandate. He said, you're made in my image. I'm the king. I've given you dominion and now on the earth out of our place of intimacy you i want you to partner with me to see my kingdom come and my will to be done right here on the planet you and i were made to be powerful you and i there is a story In the midst of being sons and daughters, servants that are meant to serve with humility and meekness, the virtue of Jesus. Uh This is what I love about the gospel. The gospel is not power or virtue. The gospel is power and virtue. Because we're made to reflect God's image as it was shown to us through through the person of Jesus Christ, our friend, Jesus. So we've got this mandate. Because he's got a plan. He marks us and he says, here's what you're going to do. Julie's paraphrase. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to love me and out of the place of intimacy, out of of the place of oneness, we're going to cause my likeness to go to every sphere of society and I'm going to change the planet. Because how many of you know that the heavens belong to the earth, but he's in his own will ordained that the the heavens belong to God, but in his in his plan, his, his making, his, his dreaming, he said, I'm going to give the planet of earth to people who were made in my image. So we've got a responsibility. He says, they will be powerful. And I will teach them by the ministry of my spirit, because of the finished work of Jesus, how to do life in a kingdom way. That has both power and virtue. And it's really um, like an internship for all the ages to come. And that's for a different message, but it's a good message. All right, so what do I want to talk to you about today? I want to talk to you about empowerment, who we are as uh, sons and daughters of God, who we were always meant to be. But how many of you, like me, know seasons when you've been disempowered? Like the will of the Father is empowerment. He's marked us for this. And when we, and when we lost it through the fall, it was so important to Him because it was a, it was a core, uh, a core reality in, in our, in our DNA that He sent His Son back, that He became man for us to buy it back for, for us to have it, for, him, for the Father to get it. You see what I'm saying? Like it's in the inside of the Godhead. He made humanity to be powerful. But in those seasons of disempowerment, I don't know how you grew up, my family's state didn't look very powerful. There was addiction. There was abandonment. Oh, goodness, what else was there? There was incarceration. There was infidelity. 
There was thievery, and the list goes on and on and on. And then out of that place of growing up in that kind of an atmosphere, guess what? I was broken. Is there anybody else in the room? I was broken. And I took all my little brokenness in my five foot seven and a half frame, and I got married to my husband, who himself was broken. And we both loved Jesus. And those early days, we looked anything but powerful. Anything but powerful. But Jesus. Oh, it's good news. But Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus is in the business of restoration? And when he speaks, it's unto transformation. Nothing's haphazard. What does the scripture say? Darren preached on it uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Out of his own testimony. You will be held accountable for every heedless word. I'll tell you what. The word of God does not speak heedlessly to humanity. Oh, that's a good word. The word of God does not speak heedlessly to humanity. He's got purpose. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I do know this. That this morning, the message that's on God's heart is a message of empowerment. And if he brought you here today, it's because he has a good plan to empower a little bit more. You guys with me? Awesome. All right. If I was going to title this message, which for the record, we have to. (laughs) um, The title of the message would be Empowering the Disempowered. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Come and have your way. Okay. Amen, Jesus. What I want to do is I want to tell you a story of how we got to this topic today. Um, And the story's purposeful. Uh, I'm going to share it for the sake of this, to be able to give you an understanding of why this topic is so important. All right? So I want you to hang with me. There's purpose in this. I'm taking it somewhere. Just, Just let me chat for a second. All right. So um, as I'm praying through the message, it go, it, the dialogue goes something like this. God, help. <laughs> we <laughs> really help. God, I know the brokenness that came out of. You're so faithful. Um, what do you have on your heart, God? What do you want to say? And then why is it important that it's said? These are my dialogues with the Lord. Outside of all my flavor and my lighthearted jokes. This is important. I take this seriously. I take you seriously. And I saw three things. For those of you who don't know me yet, um, this is for another time, but God makes all of us to, to hear him differently. And it's in our best interest and the best interest of the city around us for us to find out how he created us to hear him best. Because if we don't know how he created us to hear him best, two things can happen. We can definitely miss the risk of hearing him altogether. Or at best, we can, we can risk not having confidence in what we believe we've heard. You guys with me? Okay. So the way that he created me to hear best is I see in pictures and I hear an inward audible voice. Okay? And I got both of those for this message. This is the longest introduction I think I've ever done. (laughs) I was reading from the Amplified Bible on my Bible app this week. Okay. Oh, mercy. All right. Where am I? Jesus. 
So, um, oh, the pictures. Cut to the chase, Julie. So I see three things. And, you know, I know where I'm going, so this is the kindness of God for your sister, Julie. I just want to say that ahead of time. Because what I saw was really hard. What he showed to me was, was hard. And it was very heavy. And I sat in it for a couple of days. In fact, when I shared something with Darren about it, he's like, oh, well, God's the one through Darren that gave me the title for today. Because the title it was going to be wasn't really. I was like, oh, it just feels so heavy. So here's what I saw. I saw three blocks of words. And immediately Holy Spirit reminded me of three very uh, recent things that were very personal to me. And the blocks were, I'm not even going to tell you the blocks. Let me just tell you the personal stories. For the sake of time. So the first story that he uh, linked what he had shown me in the the visions was the story um, of a gal that I love very much that recently went away for her first semester to school and she was date raped. And the pain that I've uh, gotten to walk through with her, just in that, like the, the fallout from a trauma like that. And then the next thing that he reminded me of, um, and these went, you know, like a half an hour or so in between. I was, I was in it. I was feeling it. It was heavy. And the next one that he showed me was the scene um, that happened a couple of weeks back where my son came back from work. He had had a 48-hour shift. He's a local paramedic firefighter. And it was a really hard 48 hours. And in that 48 hours, um, there were two domestic abuse calls. Two separate ones. And, um, and at one point as he's, he's bought verbally processing, you know, with me, uh, he, he, he did his fist like this and, and he, he, tears came in his eyes and he said just like this, I'm so angry. As he be, began to share with me that the second one, neither one of them would press charges and the second one had a baby, um, on her hip. And he's like, if you're not gonna do it for yourself, why won't you do it for them? And then the third one happened a couple of days ago. Somebody came to talk to me, and they came into my office, and they sat down at my desk, and they just wanted to, to process something that they had just learned about a local Christian business in the, the region that's under, you know, scrutiny for, um, for harassment of women. And so here's what I know. Even though that what I saw was the disempowerment of women, I know enough by the grace of God about the kingdom and about the heart of my father. And when you disempower one, you disempower both. So this wasn't a a girl issue. This was a God issue. Are you guys with me? Okay. The picture is two halves, very distinct, of one whole. Genesis 1 says it this way. So God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them, reflecting his nature and character. He created them male and female, representing him in the world. And what I want to say to you is in order for the image of God to most fully, to be most fully revealed, both distinct halves have to be empowered. Jesus knows that. And that's why he went after everyone. When he ministered on the earth, men and women, even though in his day it was culturally unheard of. 
In Luke 4, he describes his mission to empower this way. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind. God has sent me to preach to the prisoners of sin. You are set free. I have come to liberate those who have been treated unfairly and to share the message of Jubilee. For the time of God's great acceptance has begun. I must tell the good news about God's kingdom. This is why I was sent. Today we're going to talk about Jesus being the master empowerer. He was the master of empowerment to both men and women. And we're going to see two examples. I'm going to, we're going to walk through a lot of scripture. It is the red letters, right? Come on. We're going to go through a lot of scripture together. So I'm going to have you buckle your seatbelt on. I'm going to talk a little like normal fast. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk fast. And we're going to hear about these two examples of Jesus going in and empowering a man and a woman. And then what I want you to see is how it immediately affected the culture around them. So the first place we're going to go is John chapter 4. If you have your Bible app open, why don't you read along? We're going to start. They should have the screen up on the screen, the words behind me. We're going to start in verse 6. We're going to look at how he brings empowerment to a woman at a well. Hear me. Who was disempowered by the wounds of rejection. She was disempowered by the wounds of rejection. John 4, starting in verse 6. Wearied by his long journey, Jesus sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? He replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you would ask me for a drink, and I would give you living water. The woman replied, you don't even have a bucket, and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water that I give to them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water that I give to you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman rightly replied, let me drink of that water so I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't, this is important, and I won't have to come back here to draw water. Okay, what I want to say to you is that this is a a note that's not up there, but it's so good. The commentators say, I wrote it down, that the water Jesus wanted was the refreshing, satisfying pleasure of her devotion. Come on, guys. Listen to this. And that through this connection, a sinner drank of the Savior, and the Savior drank of a sinner, and both were satisfied. Come on. 
This is living water. All right. So I'm going to skip ahead a couple of verses. No, no, let me keep going. Verse 16. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. The woman answered, but I'm not married. That's true. For you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband. All right. For the next few verses, he talks to her about worshiping God as father and the father's desire to be worshiped in spirit and in truth. So I'm going to skip ahead to verse 25. The woman said, this is all so confusing, but I don't know that the but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. Almost done. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. That's a lot of scripture. I want to sit here for a second. God wanted this highlighted today because we're taught, he wants us talking about empowerment and the, re, the real life or the reality of in our day-to-day lives, how we can come underneath seasons of being disempowered. And so he shows us, he lets us think back to a time when he himself encountered a woman who was disempowered through this wounding of rejection. Five times. All of them gone. We don't know the backstory, but we do know this. She's by herself. There's wounding there. And then that area in the passage where I said, this is important. So that I don't have to come back to the well anymore. Jesus... Jesus knew that deep down on the inside of that gal, there was a desire, there was a, a, a pull on the inside of her to keep her away from community. There was a, her wounding, <laughs> let me make it personal. I might not have been married, but once to my husband, have five, didn't have five husbands, but I can tell you what, there is something that w- likes to work real hard out of places where I'm still getting healed up to get me to pull back from the very well of my community that God the Father has put me into. And he's looking to heal those places up. And so Jesus comes to her, Jesus comes to me, and they say, hey, Blah, 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 blah. And she says, and I get to say, you know everything I've ever done. You know me. But like we sang today, but I'm not afraid because I know you, Jesus, and you're good and you're safe. And if you're taking me to these places, it's because you want to heal some things up because there's more power coming. What's the result of this story? You guys know the testimony. Everybody in the village came back. He stayed for a couple of days, and they all got saved. 
They all believed that he was the anointed one, the Messiah. Immediately, she gets encountered by Jesus in her disempowerment, his connection to her in that place of intimate dialogue. Even though he told her all of her stuff, it led to transformation of her culture. You guys with me? All right, let's go to the next one. Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at another, a lot of scriptures, guys. You're so good. Starting in the first uh, verse. Okay, so this is Jesus bringing empowerment to a man in a graveyard who was disempowered by unresolved pain. What do you mean, Julie? It says that he was demon-possessed. Yeah, but nobody starts out like that. Demons feed on unresolved pain. That man that we're going to read about, that I'm going to paraphrase because of the time. (laughs) We're there already. That man, I'm going to, so that you have the, the, they can put it up behind me, but I'm not going to read it all. It's Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And here's my paraphrase of it. So he comes out of a boat with his disciples, and this man who is demon-possessed, Comes running up. He has an encounter with them, with him. And Jesus tells him, you got to go. Those things got to go. In the midst of their dialogue, the, the, the spirits that were tormenting this man, that he was in a cave, naked, chained, would always break out of his chains, and he would cut himself with stones for years. That's not empowerment. That is not who the Father created him to be. Jesus has an encounter with him. It leads to thousands of pigs going off a cliff. The people that made money off the pigs were very unhappy, and they wanted Jesus to leave. When they came back to the scene and they told Jesus, we're afraid, get out of here. The man says this, that had just been delivered. He says, The man who had been possessed by the demons begged Jesus, Let me go along with you. But Jesus said, No, you have to go home to your friends. You have to tell them what wonderful things God has done for you. And how merciful he's been. So the man started off... No, you know what? I want to say one more thing before I read that part. This is my favorite part. Meg reminded me of it earlier. She says, you always say this. And I'm like, I do. I say that. That man, one moment, he was doing all the things that I said a minute ago. He has an encounter with Jesus. And the next moment, moment, he's he's clothed and in his fully right mind. Fully right mind. Patterns of thinking that had been bullied by demons for, for, for who knows how long because of unresolved pain. Gone. Kingdom thinking, because the next verses say that he went out to the ten towns of that region and began to tell everyone about the great things Jesus had done for him. They were awestruck by his story, and the result, if you go chapters later, I don't have the address, I don't know it by memory, but chapters later, we see him with an entire town full of people waiting for Jesus and his disciples when they get off the boat. He was a catalyst for transformation in his region. 
because he had been empowered to get through pain. Do you guys hear what's on the heart of the Father through this little mouth today? My story, Unresolved Pain, opened the door for a lot of demonic oppression. And oppression begets oppression. And that oppression manifested in very poor life choices. Listen, I'm not telling you you got demons. But if you have unresolved pain, I am as a good mama and sister in the spirit saying, get into the word, pay attention to some red letters, and ask Holy Spirit to guide you to Jesus so that you can get healed. wrapping this up does want jesus want to speak into culture absolutely he wants to speak into culture what he spoke on the earth is still relative to the earth jesus has something to say But what we need to remember as a house who plays a part in the reformation that's on Papa's heart, the transformation of this city, is that culture is made up of people. And people is what God is after. Jesus spoke identity, value, and worth to the disempowered. Everywhere he went, guys. Every story, every testimony. We don't have time. 30 minutes, we don't have time. Make time. Make time. Get in your Bible. Go to your Bible app. Make time. Let Jesus... Get alone with Jesus. Let him show you how much he loves people, how much he loves you. And out of that place of communion and intimate union, revelation flowing from the heart of the Spirit, revealing all the things to you, reminding you of all the things that Jesus has done and the purpose behind it all, it'll cause you to love people around you well. Jesus shared truths about a good father who who had good plans for the people that he had made in his image. And he loved them into places of wholeness that they had never experienced before. This was Jesus' answer to the issues in culture. And it should be ours as well. Love is not ever too highly, never overrated in the kingdom. We had a father in this city come here recently on our 15th year anniversary. 
And he, he, he spoke identity truths about us as a community. Sometimes we just need to be reminded who we are. But one of the things that he said was, you are a generous people. A generous people. You're always giving words. You're always giving to others. I'm going to say identity truths. Revelation about their value and worth. A bigger picture. You're setting the stage. You're giving them vision for something bigger than themselves. Because the part that we play individually is important, but it's never it's never more important than the part we're supposed to play corporately. We do this together. For generous people, this is who Jesus is. This is who we get to be. So what am I asking? Practicals. What am I asking in the next two minutes? I want you to let God love you into places of wholeness you've never experienced before. I want you to get in the written word of God and I want you to, like the prophets of old would say, eat the scroll. (laughs) I want you to, what does that mean? What was that? Guess what? (laughs) I'm not afraid to say things in my language to you. That's one of the things. Oh, this is good, guys. That's one of the things that Jesus is doing in me this season. He told me recently, you don't even know who you are yet, Julie. And I was like, I can't wait to find out, Abba. She's amazing, isn't she? And he's like, yeah, she's amazing. So when I say eat the scroll, I don't have to, I don't want to always have to come behind myself and say, let me explain to you in a language that's easier for you what that means. Sometimes I will because it's responsible. But how many of you know that sometimes Jesus didn't explain every single thing every single way? I mean, every single time. There's something about mystery in the kingdom. Mystery. If you want to know what I mean, go ask God. Get in the Bible and find out. Get a concordance and find out what it means. I love the teachers I grew up with underneath the ch- in the church. I honor them. I, I am a woman of the word. I love the full counsel of God. It changed me. I would have perished under the weight of my afflictions if I had not believed God. If I had not been comforted by you through your written word. At the same time, I didn't go to get fed week after week by my teachers as my only source of sustenance, I would have died. And you might not be in the same desperation, desperate spot that I was back then, but I'm telling you this, as a good mama, if you are coming in here week after week and only reading your Bible, when we put it up on the slides, you are impoverished in spirit. And you need to have better self-care. You need to take some time and you need to sit with God in his word, your way. If it's through audiobook, if it's on a a video podcast or somebody just reading something out to you, if it's whatever, but the word of God will not return void in your life. It will empower you to be all that I just discussed today. You guys want that? Last thing. 
after you get it for yourself, as you're making your, your way in this process called sanctific- uh, glorification from one degree to the next, go and give it away to other people. Go love people into wholeness the same way he's loving you into it. And let's see this city transformed. Not just good church attendance. Kingdom awakened. Christ in me. The hope of all the glory to come. Christ in you. With, hum- with virtue. Not just power. Signs and wonders. Yes. Amen. But not just power. They go together. And maturity knows it. But the Bible will remind you of it. Get in your word. Why don't you stand up with me? I want to pray for you. Jesus, I love being a part of this family, God. Thank you so much that we get to be us together. Thank you, God, that in this hour, as I am learning to be more fully me than ever before, there is a grace for everybody in this house to do the same. Let's be silly, okay? Say, yes, please. There you go. We want this, God, because we know that this was the original dream of your heart, and there is a city full of people perishing that need you in us this kind of way that was preached about today. That empowers the disempowered for the sake of your kingdom coming and your will being done in every arena of society. Come, Holy Spirit. If you're on the ministry team, can you come forward? We're going to have people ministering today. If you find yourself in a place where you are disempowered in any area, unresolved pain, maybe uh, it's the culprit or... uh, any type of torment, sin, sickness, poor life choices. Why don't you come when we close and just let some of your friends pray for you. Agree with the gospel and love you through the the vehicle of prayer so that you can go and give some of that love away and power to somebody else. Amen?